Rising Football Club. I'm Kel Nolson, joined as always by Jake Anderson. Been a busy 56 hours or so uh, for me personally, so we really had to just squeeze it out here at the end of the week and uh, still get ready for playoff soccer. Exciting times, Jake. Oh yeah, we had some technical difficulties. <laughs> we tried to record yesterday on Thursday and just... Microphones not wanting to record. The podcast gods were just like, we're going to take both the studios and the third studio you go in is going to break while you try and use it. There's a two minute episode out there somewhere of us. It was a great two minutes, I thought. Until we saw that it wasn't even recording. <laughs> Oh, brother. Okay, so we'll quickly go through the last match. That was nearly a week ago now, so we don't want to focus on too much. Actually, a full week ago now was on Friday. 3-1 win over OKC Energy. I think there are two main things to talk about with this game. One, the starting 11, which was the starting 11, which was a bit surprising. We weren't sure if they were going to go all out. I thought they should, and it turns out they did. And then two, uh, Solo's penalty misses. Uh, Miss, I should say. And that's now uh, three in a row, whatever it is. Where do you want to start? Solo? Three in a row, and I believe that's fourth on the year, if my math serves me right, or my memory. But I would say, overall, good to see them have the starting 11 in there, get that one last game right before the playoffs of, kind of, I guess, uh, a real test. Um, really good to see, you know, John Piccaro out there. Didn't play the full 90, but there's really no reason for him to. Um, and then you saw Jason Johnson come out. Um, a little disappointed we didn't get to see Ridgey. That would have been nice. Um, so we'll see if he ends up getting any playoff time. That would be kind of weird to think he didn't play a single minute and he might get into the playoffs. Um, but then with Solo, I, it was not a great pen. I think he was just trying to send the keeper the other way. He kind of had that stutter step run up. Um, and I think now with keepers knowing that that's a, a regularity, like they play to it too. They'll honestly fake going one way and then go back just because that's the direction that the penalty taker would assume the keeper's going. But after the match, um, we asked Shantz and Adam John about it, and Shantz said that he would talk to Solo and they would figure it out this week. Um, Adam John said that Solo's the captain. You know, if he wants it, he takes it. So we'll see what happens. Um, but I'd be willing to bet if they were to go to a shootout, uh, those two are definitely taking one. Solo is definitely taking one. What do you think uh, if they just have a penalty and Solo doesn't draw the penalty? Do you still think it's it's him that's going to step up and take it? I've never been a, a real like, oh, you drew it, you take it. I know that's kind of I like, hate that, yeah. I know it's kind of like, oh, well, like I didn't get my shot off kind of thing. Um, but depends who you are. I mean, in all honesty, if, if they're bringing down, you know, James Musa in the box offense to James, but <laughs> there's some other guys I would like to, to shoot. You know, I'm, I'm sure they, they always joke about Amadou Dia's lack of accuracy when he shoots. So I'm sure that he might not be a guy that would be the first uh, first to volunteer. Maybe not volunteer, but first of his teammates' choices, we should say. I think Solo steps up for the next one, honestly. 
So all I wanted to see in this game was a, a sound defensive performance. I, I think we got that for the most part. It wasn't, of course, the electric form that they were in defensively. Uh, I believe it was Brown, the striker's name. He was getting in behind a lot, but that's just kind of the way they play. Um, he scored, of course. But the other thing I wanted to see was just quality from the front three. Adam John has scored that goal a couple of times this year. You give him space inside the box with the right angle on the keeper, and he's going to curl it into the bottom corner or the top corner wherever he feels obliged to. How many times have you seen him do that this year? That exact thing. Yeah, I, I think at least like three or four goals like that specifically where he has just stopped on a dime when he wasn't really running or anything, but he just turns his hips, realizes the finesse outside foot, kind of not outside foot, finesse on the inside of his foot. Away um, to Reno. There. I immediately remember that match at it. Mm-hmm. Okay, the Lambert goal. I texted you and said, oh my God, keeper. Upon three more replay viewings, I think it is a better goal than I give it credit for, but I don't know what the keeper was doing. Did he just not see the ball from the angle? He might have been blinded, honestly. It was an 11-pass buildup, yeah. and you had the last couple of passes coming from the corner. That was great. Box. I'm not, Yeah, not just counting that. I honestly think he saw it late because... A, it wasn't like a shock that Kevin took it first time, but at the same time, it's, it's a rip from distance, and yeah. if you have a couple guys in front of you, you're not catching up to the speed. Cause, I mean, decent, technically, you, decent pace on the ball, not crazy, though, to the point where I would not expect the keeper to get to it. That was just a shot. When he hit it and I saw it was near post, I was like, okay, that's either that's either saved post or it's going out of play. Like there's just You don't score from that angle usually, but... Upon a couple more replays, the bend on it was pretty fantastic, especially considering where he finished it, which was in between the keeper and the post, and there was not a lot of room there. Um, keeper think, has to do better for me, but still, still a good goal. So I, I was, I was ready to claim like that's a bad goal. The keeper's got to do there. I, I think it's still a pretty good goal. Yeah, after seeing all the replays as well, you could make an argument that the keeper didn't do a good job covering his near post. Maybe should have made the save. Um, you know, don't take anything away from Rising for. Completing that goal, uh, for me, it's one of the goals of the year, but that's because I value passing so much. I don't necessarily love all the shots that are taken from 40 yards out. I mean, I'll respect a bike and things like that. There was there was the game where Solo had one. I think Adam John had another. It was like two goals of the year in one game, basically. The two really um, long volleys? Yeah, and I think, I think Solo's was the one we debated and i think i picked solos i honestly can't remember which so one, they I were think... two they were two separate matches um but they were very close in a succession and oh yeah so because the press box is on the other side of the pitch we see different angles than if you're watching at home so for me i saw adam john's goal the same way that you would have seen solo's goal on camera which looks amazing when you can just watch the ball from basically exactly what solo was looking at to where I saw basically exactly what Adam John was looking at. And I think it's even more impressive because he did it on the the volley from past midfield from James Musa. But we'll see. It didn't make the top ten, but Solos did. Oh, yeah, it, d- it did, didn't it? That's right. Okay, let's talk Austin Bold. Austin is the playoff matchup on Saturday. They have two matches that went very differently. <laughs> yes. One was a 1-0 loss. 
One was a 6-0 win. To kind of go through the basics of the matchup here, me and you kind of looked at the numbers on the USL's website. Austin Bold this year, kind of what you would expect for a statistical profile for a team that kind of leaned into the playoffs, got in their last minute there. 16th in goals per game, 1.57. They are tied for 23rd in conversion rate at only 14%. That's a notable thing I'll get to in a second. Goals allowed 1.49, which is middle of the pack, so that adds up to a a positive goal differential of .08, but that is not something that is substantial at all. And in case you're wondering, Rising's is 1.51. So we're just talking about, again, Rising compared to some of the lower teams in this conference. It's not really close in terms of their domination. The two things that stood out to me the most looking at their stats, um, tied for sixth in shots per game, they get off over 14 shots a game. Now the conversion rate is low, but they get shots off. So I think that is something important to bring up I think because of the way that Rising has played defensively lately there have been holes in the defense they've been giving up more goals and this is a team that gets shots off now they don't get the best shots off and they don't score on those shots a lot but I think it's important to realize that this is a team that is going to take probably somewhere between 13 to 17 shots in this game and uh, whoever is in net is going to have to do their job but also just defensively this team's going to have to be ready for them to come quickly and 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 shoot the ball and then the other one of course is fouls with them i think that's the thing that a lot of people have hit on they are third in the league in fouls conceded second in yellow cards and tied for fourth with red cards so you look at flemings and asante out on the wing i think that's the obvious place you look at here and just see them continuing to draw fouls and then baccaro playing obviously is more important in this type of game compared to others because you know you're going to have set piece opportunities with how much these guys foul and that's where i look at baccaro really being an x factor in this as well as the guys on the wing what stands out to you from either just remembering those two matches if, if you do it all because to be honest jake i do not that was, that was a long time ago that was about three months ago in the season um the six nil win of course yeah and then uh or anything that we mentioned like looking up the stats and, and things like that because to me that those two things uh be ready for shots and be ready for set piece opportunities and to go at this team knowing that they could pick up a red card if you get going at their fullbacks early on the outside so one thing I definitely want to uh, bring up is the fact that Rick Schantz has said it all week. The 1-0 loss back in April was pretty much a defining moment for the whole season. So if you look at the two matches, they're basically completely different teams. So if you look at the 1-0 loss, you had a lineup that had no Adam John, Kevin Lambert didn't play. Amadou Dia didn't start. Mustafa Ndambuya wasn't even in the squad. Devin Vega was still on the team. He is not on the team anymore. You had Tristan Blackman, who just started for LAFC last night. Uh, you had Lamar Batista. You had Javi Perez. Um, i kind of been joking around how Rising's like LAFC too. You got six guys that are on loan. Um, I don't know if you count Shaft Brewer. who's no longer with LAFC. I guess then it's only down to five, but... My point is, this team is a completely different one than we're going to be seeing them play on Saturday from the game in April. I mean, John Baccaro wasn't in this game. That's one of the most important guys. Junior Flemings, he did come on, but you had a different center back duo. You had Cochran, who I assume will start, but you had Joey Farrell. So, it's, like I said, it's a completely different team. We'll see what happens. Uh, I think it'll be a lot more like the 6-0 game 
it obviously may not be 6-0, which is, again, just absurd. But we'll see because Austin's played, let's see, they've played two Wednesday matches in the last week, plus the Saturday, plus this. So this will be their four match, fourth match excuse me, in two weeks in a 14-day period. So light on rest. Um, unfortunately... Uh, one of their their players, I um, hope I'm saying his night, Isaac Promise, Promise maybe. Promise, if it's like Quincy from, uh, yeah. from the Netherlands. Yeah. I think it's Promise, yeah. So I know he's Nigerian. Um, oh, okay. There but, <laughs> but anyway, he, he yeah. uh, tragically passed of cardiac arrest earlier this month. So condolences with uh, Austin, the family and everything. He did uh, play in that 1-0 defeat. Um, but yeah, they'll be without him. But... Like you said, physicality and just trying to take it to to Phoenix. I think that's the formula. You just got to attack them. Yeah, we won't do predictions. Um, I just don't. I don't know. Do you want to do a prediction? I just don't feel like for this specific match. It. it eh. I, I I think it'll be a rising victory, and it won't be nervy. It won't be nerve wracking. It'll be in control. Quick goal, fifteen minutes in. You say? Yeah, I'd say like I, under twenty. Maybe a one or two nil lead at half, and then yep. three nil, three one. I'm not sure if you said it, but obviously home field humongous. Yeah, for this, um, just dollar beer night throughout the playoffs. Yep, indeed. Uh, let's kind of end the podcast here by looking at the bracket a bit. I just pulled it up a bit, and to my um, wonderment, New Mexico United bounced as the ten seed. They're the team that I had circled on the schedule forever and the team that uh, they have not beat yet. Don't have to worry about beating them because they are out of the tournament. Uh, I believe with the way the bracket works as them as the one seed, they play the winner of the 4-5, which is Real, Monarchs, and Orange County. Mm-hmm. That's going to be a good match. What do you think about just a preference of the team? Orange County, of course, you have the history from the playoff. They lost to both of these teams. They just lost to Real Monarchs uh, yep. two weeks ago. They lost to Orange County earlier in the season. And then in the other game, uh, league game against both these teams, they scored four goals and a win. I believe it was a 4-0 win over Orange County, a 4-2 win over Real Monarchs. Yeah. Any preference that we should see fans rooting for? That is, by the way, a 3 p.m. Eastern uh, start. So if you're looking to tune in early, your boy might as well uh, to kind of see what happens there. I think in terms of the overall quality of the team, I think Monarchs is in better form. Um, OC, obviously there's a rivalry there, and especially what happened last year with Rising winning on the road in the conference final. Um, but then Real Monarchs just came into your house and beat you. So because of that New Mexico United loss, it kind of at least a little bit shortened the narrative of all their playoff opponents potentially being teams that they haven't beaten or lost to this year. So let's, you know, they get through Saturday which is the last Saturday match of the year, um, semifinal and conference final on Fridays. The uh, USL Championship final is on the 17th of November, which is a Sunday. That would be a 5.30 start, should rise and get there and host. But I think also you'll see Reno and Fresno uh, at the end in the conference final as well, both teams that they've proved they can hang with rising, obviously, in beating them. And even though Reno on the, the scoreline may not look like they competed I mean, we've talked about those matches and how they performed in those games, and they didn't take it to them. It wasn't a 6-0 Austin Bold victory, that's for sure. 
Orange County, Austin, um, New Mexico in pens, technically a 2-2 draw listed. Mm-hmm. Real Monarchs and Fresno, those are their five, if we want to call it that, losses of the season. So with the way the bracket is played out now, they play Austin this week. They'll play a team that they lost to in the next one no matter what. Mm-hmm. Someone's got to win there. And then you mentioned Fresno as a team to look out for there potentially. Reno too. Reno as well. Uh, but if they play Fresno, they will have played against almost every team. It's only going to be one of Real Monarchs or Orange County that they lost to. So they'll be able to avenge pretty much every loss. Kind of feels like... You know the New Mexico fans, especially if they like avenge all the losses, yeah. they're going to be like, well, you didn't beat us. Yeah, exactly. But uh, same thing for Orange County or Real Monarchs. Actually, no, because they, they did beat them once in the season. But New Mexico is, of course, the team that they had never actually defeated. Draw to here and there. Hopefully we're doing this next week under good circumstances. It's really weird how we go from uh, podcasting, we realize it because we're doing it week by week, and I think fans have a good sense of it too, having the games. It's weird how we could possibly not have a game next week. You know, It's just weird how the circumstances of a... It really kicks in for us as people who are planning to do a podcast episode next week, just thinking about man like they they could be out just the the ramifications and oh, my schedule it's like friday <laughs> rising question mark yeah the next three weeks like i don't just the, don't ram- the ramifications of this style of tournament it it even comes through for us just because we're like oh man is, is that going to be our last episode of the season if they lose that'll be our last yeah i do at least season. one more oh yeah we'll, we'll do we'll do one for there but we'll, we'll maybe see maybe after the awards well if they exit early that's a lengthy time it's, it's a bit of a lengthy time all right everyone Hopefully we're back next week for not our last game following a match. I'm optimistic. I think that the I don't think we mentioned it enough maybe during the OKC it was it was not them at their top form but it was them in good form and that's all we really wanted to see to ease some concerns. I feel good about it going in. I want to see a penalty. I want to see solo score so I can stop worrying about anything else possibly. This team should make it to November um easily, yeah. And uh I think they should make the conference final at minimum, but you never know. One game, one match. You've seen what's happening in these MLS playoffs. Anything can happen. Exciting for tomorrow night. We'll be back to talk about it next week. See you later. Peace.